Uh, Would you stand with me this morning for the reading of God's word? And um, you're going to find it's going to sound very familiar to you. Romans chapter 10, uh, we're going to start partway through verse 8. This is what uh, the Apostle Paul has written. The message is near you in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes in the heart with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. For scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Told you it would sound familiar, right? We didn't plan this. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And this Trinity Church is, this is God's word, you may be seated. Thank you so much. Um, I, I was thinking this week about something that happens to me frequently whenever I listen to the radio. And as I was getting ready to tell you about it, I realized I might need to make sure that everyone in the room, especially those of you 25 and under, know what a radio is, Okay. So there's a contraption in your car. Uh, These days, it just looks like an installed iPad maybe, but this is a radio. This is radios through the generations. And uh, these days, typically, if we listen to something in a car through Spotify, through Apple Music, whatever, it tends to be a playlist that we've already curated or an artist that we've chosen to listen to. It doesn't tend to be kind of up to chance in the way that it is whenever you hit scan and you just go through radio stations, right? And so if you're scanning or just going station to station, you never know what you're going to end up hearing. And there's something that happens to me quite often, I wonder if it's happened to you, that you go to a station and the new song comes on, you catch it somewhere in the middle And it just sounds like chaos and nonsense. Uh, You can't seem to get the tune. What what song is this? It sounds like a bunch of preschoolers going to town on pots and pans. And then, though, you give it a moment and you listen, and you're finally able to put together what you're hearing, and you're like, oh, I know this song. Has this ever happened to you? Uh, Not only do I know this song, but maybe sometimes, this is my song. Party in the USA? This is a song of my generation. I know this song. And so I was thinking about this with missions. Like for some of us, we may be here and we're like, listen, I'm glad Adrian loves Jesus. I love Jesus too. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out like how to date. Or I'm trying to solve my issues with my own kids, my own family. I want, what is God's purpose for me? And then we're here talking Arabic and Lennon's talking every week in November about some other spot in the world. And it feels like switching on a station in the middle of a song that you don't get. But here's what I'm saying to you, that if you hear the heartbeat of the gospel, if you stick with the message of Christ, if you listen to what we're saying this morning, you will realize that the song of missions, not only do you know this, it's your song. Like this is God's heartbeat and it's yours. It matters to you. If you've called on the name of Jesus, 
and you've been saved, then what has saved you is the same thing that is meant to save the whole world. From every country, every ethnicity, every language, every everything. And so whenever Paul says, this is the message that we proclaim, it's the same message that's meant to go throughout the world. Every Christian who has ever come to Jesus has been touched by this message. And what's on offer to anyone who would love to meet God is this message. That if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. This is true for you, and it's true in every part of the world. In fact, whenever we do it, when someone is baptism, baptized, whenever someone is baptismed, well, it's creative use of the English language, Lennon. When someone gets baptismed, what is happening in that moment is it's a pledge of loyalty to the kingdom of God, having your past, your conscience washed away. And we want that to happen for everybody all over the world. Or do we? Here's a question that I want you to wrestle with this morning. Is missions really important? And here's the question behind that question. Is Jesus really good for the whole world? Would this, would this young man that Adrian mentioned this morning, would he have been better off if he had never heard the name of Jesus? Police wouldn't have come for him. He wouldn't have gotten beaten. Should we just leave him alone? I'm asking this morning how much we believe that the gospel really is good news for the whole world. And here's what I, and, and it's good news for the whole world even in November, whenever December is right around the corner. Here we are talking about generosity and I'm wondering how to afford gifts for my kids. Jesus is good for the world at all times. He really is. So first thing this morning is, Our world may not agree that missions is important, but I want you to know this. If you are a Christian, you can't see it any other way. If everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, then we've got to be willing to give, go, pray that everyone will have an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord so they can be saved. Because the whole story of the Bible is that the greatest foundational truth of all which is that you've been created, you're not an accident, and that you can know the God who made you, the story of scripture shows us that even those truths can be lost. And some of you have experienced this. You might, you might be someone who's been introduced to Jesus and you might hear something like, my grandfather was a Christian. I had no idea. Or my great-grandmother, she was a Christian. And, and, some, and somehow from generation to generation, even parent to child, this message and this truth can be lost. And it sounds impossible, but it's a fact. Have any of you ever had the pleasure of going to see the pyramids in Egypt? I haven't either. Okay, but I have pictures of them. Okay. And these pyramids, I mean, if you look at them, they're not geometrically complicated. They're pyramids. But whenever you were up close to them, you noticed that, it, you know, these things aren't built with bricks. These are multi-ton slabs of stone, and it still baffles architects to this day. What I'm saying is that in 2023, we don't know how they did that. For all of our physics understanding, 
for all of our technological breakthroughs, there was something this culture knew about technology or a use of physics that allowed them to do this. And we can't figure it out yet. Maybe one day we will figure it out. Maybe the building plans are written down on a scroll that we're going to find like in a pot in a sheep's cave or something. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that basic knowledge can be lost for generations. The same thing is true about the knowledge of God. And that's why we've got to do whatever it takes to make sure the message gets out everywhere, even if in some areas it's reestablishing something that was lost. Is missions really important? Here's why our world might say missions is not important. Number two, um, missions, sometimes it's said, is just a form of Western colonialism. Missions is just a form of Western colonialism. Would you slip your hand up? I'll explain if I need to, but how many of you have ever heard something like that? Yeah, yes, absolutely. The thought is this, that Christianity, it's this Western belief system in a white Jesus, and all missions is, is it's trying to go out into the world and force our beliefs on other people. Whenever we were in campus ministry, at uh, Duke University in North Carolina. One night we were gathered at a house with students from a number of um, universities around the area and a minister was there and he was talking about a missions trip that was on the calendar to the nation of Mali. This is a nation in Western Africa and he painted a great picture of why this trip was a, a worthwhile investment of funds, use of time. It was a great opportunity to introduce people to Jesus, to do things for Jesus. And at the end of the night, whenever I got to talk to a handful of my students from Duke, they had already talked to each other and they were like, yeah, we're not going. I was like, oh, okay. So why? Well, what are we going to go over there and say, hey, we're Americans and we know everything that you need to do, everything you believe is wrong and what we believe is, is right. Can I tell you, that is a fundamental misunderstanding of Christianity and it's an incredibly shallow and untruthful understanding of the development of the church. The church actually isn't a Western white man's faith. The church in China, India, Ethiopia, Iraq, um, it is older than anything that ever happened in Northern Europe and certainly America. What I'm saying is simply this, that our faith began with Abraham. Jesus was born into the Middle East. What you have in Christianity is you have something that started in the Middle East and changed the world and has been around long enough to ebb and flow in different places. It's had great effect in America, but other countries are also sending missionaries to America. All I'm trying to say to you is this notion that Christianity is just a Western white man's idea, not true at all. You've got to know that about your own faith so that you can converse intelligently with people. It's incredibly important. And so some people might say, well, okay, sure. But even still, it's wrong to impose your beliefs on somebody else. And to that, I would say, totally agreed. It's wrong to impose. Love can't be imposed. 
Love can be shown, love can be demonstrated, but if someone comes to God by believing in their heart, that is gonna happen through winning somebody through love, not through beating them into submission. And so where we look historically, and this may be something you've read about or it just may be something you've heard people throw out on YouTube shorts. And you hear something like this, yeah, I mean, people have gone in and in the name of Jesus, they've done all sorts of horrible things. They've conquered nations. A lot of the people that ran slaves did so under the name of Jesus. And that is true. A lot of people have abused the name of Jesus to justify a lot of different things. And in fact, some of the confidence that was twisted and became emboldening from different people at different times is that God has revealed the truth in Jesus. We believe in Jesus. And so we are superior to everyone else and can do whatever we want to anyone else. But If you went out to your car after church and you heard a lot of banging, you heard slamming, you ran out the door and saw a big F-250 peeling out and pulling out of the parking lot and you realized that they just played bumper cars with a lot of different cars, including yours, you would not call up a lawyer and say, we're going to sue Ford Motor Company because that person abused the purpose of an F-250. You see what I'm saying? But that's not the purpose of an F-250. And what I'm saying to you is that if you look historically at people who have called them Christians and created atrocities in the name of Christ, they are no more Christian than anyone who has never heard the name of Jesus. But here's what's interesting. Even though Christianity has been manipulated to accomplish some things that should never be done, It also is the truth that has helped slaves and marginalized people find their footing for equality and freedom. It's still a fact, whatever the history of the term Christianity in the world, that whenever people begin to come to terms with, wait, why should this universally accepted practice of slavery be considered wrong? Well, scripture talks here about everybody's made in the image of God. Maybe that transcends color and culture. And so you see that that kind of work was done by men and women of God. Can I read something to you? This is an excerpt from a book called Dominion by an author named Tom Holland. It's one of the most powerfully written books ever on the history of the church. And this historian, Tom Holland, was not a Christian when he wrote it, is a Christian now, which is pretty powerful. This is what he says, repeatedly, whether crashing through the canals of Ticknot, you can read, or settling the estuaries of Massachusetts or trekking deep into the Transvaal, the confidence that had enabled Europeans to believe themselves superior to those they were displacing was derived from Christianity. Repeatedly, though, it was Christianity that provided the colonized and the enslaved with the surest voice. The paradox was profound. No other conquerors carving out empires for themselves had done so as the servants of a man tortured to death on the orders of a colonial official. No other conquerors had installed an emblem of power so deeply ambivalent as to render problematic the very notion of power. 
Now, let me bring that down to people like me, okay? The emblem of power, what's he talking about? The sign of the cross. And he's saying, isn't there like a little dissonance, a little bit of discomfort that happens when you're flying the sign of the cross, which is symbolic that the son of God laid his life down on it and was slaughtered for you? He said, and we would wave that banner and slaughter others? He's saying, well, that makes no sense at all. Never judge anything by the abuse of a definition. So missions is just Western colonialism? Not true. Wrong to impose your beliefs on someone else? Yes, but also any truth claim is saying something else is not true. Whenever we declare the truth of Jesus to those of no faith and those who have other faiths, what you have to know is that those with no faith believe they are themselves making a truth claim. God doesn't exist. And that if you believe something else, you are saying you believe this and not that. And so I was talking to a young man from China. I was um, speaking one night at Texas A&M Commerce several years ago. His name was Yen Wei. And Yen Wei had gotten involved with this campus ministry. And he and I were talking at the end of the evening. We're sitting down. And he said, um, he said I'm from China. And he said, when I was growing up, I, w- I was brainwashed that there was no God. He said, this was my experience. So I was brainwashed that there was no God. And he said, um, being in the United States was good for me. Hearing all of this has been, is, is good for me. He said, I now believe there's a God but I don't believe that I could ever say that one God is real and another God is not. He he said, I cannot say that. And Yen Wei was, I think, a computer science major. And I said, Yen Wei, can I ask you something? What is the criteria or not? And he leaned back and he said, criteria? You know, that's not anything I've ever associated with belief in God. He said, you know, what would be the criteria? I said, well, the Apostle Paul talks about the resurrection of Jesus. And he said that if Christ wasn't raised, we're Looney Tunes. He didn't say if Christ wasn't raised, at least we believe in something that's making the world a better place. He didn't say if Christ wasn't raised, you know, whatever. It's, it, it's generally encouraging. No, the Apostle Paul said, if, we're, if Christ wasn't raised, if this really didn't happen, our faith is useless. Do you realize that the Christian message is one based on a historical event? The resurrection. We proclaim not a better belief system. We proclaim a risen Lord. That's a, that's a criteria. And that's a difference. And so we share that message and we appeal to people. God loves you so much. He did this for you. If you believe it, if you call on him, you will be saved. We can't impose that on anybody, but we proclaim that to everybody. So let me finish with this. Why Christians, why we, if if we're a Christian, we've got to pray, go and give into missions. The first thing you got to know is that God is ascending God. God so loved you that he sent his son. Jesus so loved us that he sent the Holy Spirit. 
and the Holy Spirit works in us and then we are sent into our daily lives. And here's something that's gotta be said in a month where we're talking about missions. Some of you may be sent in a way beyond just your daily life in Waxahachie. Some of you, God may actually be calling to leave everything you know and to go to another place and to live your life for him. Now, here's what I believe. If God's not calling you to do that, it'd be an awful decision because there's a lot of work to do here. What you find around the world are other people's kids and other human beings. And you've got a lot of those here. But if you are called by God to plant your life somewhere else, nothing will make you come alive more and you will never be happy if you are not obedient. You must obey God. It's the most important thing for any of us to be faithful to whatever it is he has called us to do. And so in a missions month, you've got to know that. Maybe God's calling you to be a missionary. Maybe he's not, but if he is, you've got to listen. And why is that important? God wins hearts through truth and truth has to be shared to be embraced. So all who call on him will be saved. But here's the logic of God. How can they call on him they haven't believed in? How can they believe unless they hear about him? How can they hear without a preacher? This is, this is very logic, right? This, this knowledge of God isn't just implanted into the mind. It comes through people and people have to be told. Good vibes and positive thinking is not going to save the world. Jesus saves people, but people don't know that unless they're told about him. So Pastor Brian talked about the night of wonder that's gonna happen on December 12th. That's gonna be right down the road here at Marvin Elementary. And so everybody who's in the room that night are are moms and dads and children who have gone to the school and said, we could really use help having, having a good Christmas. And so just know that we're responding to a need. But then we also have an open door to do some programming and talk to them about Jesus and the love of God. And here's something that surprised me last year, knocked my socks off. Do people still say that? No. Something that surprised me last year. We had some, we had a couple of songs that we were doing, really common songs with a touch of Jesus. uh, We didn't want to sing Frosty the Snowman if we have a privilege as a church to do something. But what we did sing was Joy to the World. And what we noticed right away is hardly anybody was singing back. And so Crystal and Joran were doing the music that night. And Crystal said, okay, do you guys know this song, Joy to the World? Blank stares. Blank stares. And then there was a portion of the night where Natalie shared the nativity story with the children. And what we found out, I felt so naive as a pastor to have thought that it might be otherwise. But just because we were meeting at a place with people 300 yards from a church did not mean we were meeting with people that knew anything about Christ. It was right here. So people right here, we have a mission field at our door. But Waxahachie is fortunate because they have us and dozens of other churches here to be a gospel witness, places like the Bonets are. This is, we put people in position to put down roots and to live gospel lives because love has to be shared. Truth has to be shared to be understood. And then God wins hearts through love 
And love has to be demonstrated to be experienced. So it says, how can they preach unless they are sent? So missionaries have to be sent. And then how beautiful are the feet that bring good news? So for all of our technology today, in the eyes of God, feet are more beautiful than a YouTube link that we can communicate lots through video and sound, but nothing will ever take the place of men and women going to live their lives at a specific location among a specific group of people to learn the language, to embrace some of the customs and to show people the love of Jesus. Nothing will ever replace that. And so some of these missionaries we support, they have to get creative about how to get this done. So our missionaries today, they couldn't just knock on the door of this country that we're at, they're at and say, hey, we'd love to come in and start something for Jesus here. As you learned, probably a good way to get your life ended. And so what do they do? Sometimes they get creative about, here's the thing, God doesn't just care about people and the decision they make for eternity. God cares about a whole person. And so sometimes what missionaries will do, the start of the modern medical missions movement happened in the 1800s with a guy named, believe it or not, Peter Parker. I have a picture of this stunner right here. So Peter Parker had a heart to get in and share, uh, share the love of Jesus in China. China was not having it. What they did let him do was start a hospital. And in the course of the first year, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Chinese people received medical care and the doors opened wider to him. I have a friend named Paul Burkhart, who right now he ministers in the villages of Alaska. He's been in the nation of Laos before. While he was there, he taught people how to raise pigs. He, he taught people how to grow mushrooms. He taught people how to do anything and everything that would help raise their standard of living to help him be trustworthy in the culture. And along the way, they pray like crazy and find ways to share the love of God. Anything you can do for a whole person is never wasted, whether or not you can voice the name of Jesus while you do it. And so we will always do a food distribution, even if we don't get the opportunity to preach the gospel with everyone, because according to scripture, it's a good thing for a person to be warm and well-fed. And so a full stomach is important because people are important. A clothed person is important because people are important. But whenever people are clothed and fed, they're only clothed and fed for now and as long as you can sustain it. But whenever somebody finds Jesus and, re and receives him into their life, they're changed and made more than okay forever. Forever. Jesus really is good for the whole world. This is why when you see Christianity take off somewhere, here's what frequently happens along with it. Medical care gets established. Literacy and education follow agriculture flourishes because God cares about people beyond just whenever they're in a church singing songs. So this is why we've got to pray. This is why we've got to go. And this is why 
we give. Jesus modeled this for us. Whenever God decided to get his ultimate message across, he didn't do it again with fire on a mountain. He didn't ride it in the sky. He sent his son to live among specific people in a specific place and to lay down his very real life on their behalf.